It was November 3rd, 2000, finishing up a somewhat dismal tour that had taken us across Canada with the hard-rocking Montreal band Tricky Woo as our openers. We were now ending the swing on our own in the Midwest at Chicago's Fireside Bowl, stuck on a bill with the International Noise Conspiracy from Sweden and Sunshine from the Czech Republic. We had heard a lot about this International Noise Conspiracy band that was the new project from the, new, from the singer of Refuse, but that's all we knew. We were very excited to watch them, and the show went down like gangbusters. As an aside here, I just wanted to say Fireside Bowl is my favorite venue in America. Over the years, we've played there many times and found ourselves on numerous bills with many diverse bands from Seam to Blonde Redhead to Phonocomb to the International Noise Conspiracy. It's an old bowling alley that would close the lanes to host live music. Since then, it's closed and reopened. I hope the original spirit of the venue has been retained. Anyway, we met with the Noise Conspiracy guys that day while they were on this, their first American tour, and they were very accommodating, very nice to us. Being a band out on the road, first impressions are always lasting impressions. Well, fast forward nine months later, where we found ourselves on our first tour of Europe. The very, 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 very first show we played on European soil was a patched-together gig on the campus of the University of Stockholm. We played on a makeshift stage in the middle of the field. It felt like someone was doing someone at our record company a favor by accommodating us. I think it was us and Puppet Show. Nobody knew our band. It was a most unceremonious way to begin a tour. Most of the scant crowd watched confused and lost without a pop culture source to reference, but what I'll always remember and what made the show bearable, even enjoyable, and a complete inside joke for us was Dennis Lixian, Ludwig Dahlberg, and Inge Johansson, all of the international noise conspiracy, showed up to the gig. How very warm that felt. Our first show in a new country, new continent, nobody knowing us, eyebrows raised with head cocked to one side in bemusement. After seeing those three guys, familiar faces in the crowd, nothing could dampen our spirits. We played and laughed and busted our European cherry. That also began a friendly rapport between the two bands. They took us on tour in the States, our bands shared numerous festival stages, and we even shared a bus on a weekend jaunt once upon a time. Now, a casual glance may lead some to question the coupling of our two bands. The International Noise Conspiracy, a very political, left-wing punk band, and our band, a rowdy, hells-a-poppin' good-time rock and roll band. We may differ in presentation on stage, but have very much in common offstage. With music, there are, of course, many shared influences. Talking about music with these guys over the years, there was someone who stood out, mainly between myself and bassist Inge Johansson, someone we both love and someone who represents a meeting ground between many factions, Glenn Danzig. Too punk for goths, too goth for punks, too metal for punks, too rock for metalheads. Now, I've spoken about Glenn Danzig at length throughout the run of this podcast. If you have the time, check out episode number 81, 
the Sam Hain podcast I did with London May, Steve Zing, and Peter Adams, and listen to its introduction. There I extol at length the music and the man. Last November, Danzig put out his long-awaited covers album called Skeletons. The track listing was carefully chosen by the man to reveal his own personal music history, one that goes deep and wide and that helped shape the musician we love so much. In anticipation and out of sheer excitement, I emailed Inge a few weeks before the release and invited him on the podcast to talk about the upcoming Danzig album and to just talk about Danzig, period. Our email exchanges automatically started to veer into Danzig talk, so we both decided to save it until we met up on Skype to record our conversation. As you will hear on this episode, Inge Johansson is one of the coolest, down-to-earth, nicest guys in punk rock. I hope I'm not ruining his image by saying this. He's also one hell of a bass player. A lot of times, the bass player in a rock band is typecast as the silent, stoic one choosing to hang back while carrying the big stick. Inge does much to turn this idea on its head, as he is one of the most ferocious performers with four strings, almost always on hyperdrive. He now plays bass in the highly esteemed Against Me from Gainesville, Florida, and they are most fortunate to have him in their ranks. He's also one of the biggest Danzig fanatics I've met, and that leads me to somewhat of a disclaimer. This is a discussion between two people who are fanatical about this specific subject. To the outsider, it may appear at times that our opinions sound like prickly criticisms, but one mustn't misunderstand. Hardline opinions expressed by two people who love something so much, most times, and most definitely in this instance, is said out of sheer fandom, and it's this fandom that allows us to express these opinions in a circle of safety. With this podcast episode, Inge and I have let you peer inside this circle. Make no mistake, we love everything Glenn Danzig, but if you haven't figured that out by now, you will by the episode's end. I'd like to thank Blue Mike Microphones and Skull Candy Headphones for their continued support of the podcast. I'd like to thank Chino Locos Restaurants for making fish burritos stuffed with chow mein noodles. And thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode and any of the episodes that have been posted. Thank you so much. It's free to listen to, free to download, free to subscribe. So if you can, subscribe today. Okay, here we go. Inge Johansson is this episode's guest on the official Danko Jones podcast, and it starts now. The Danko Jones podcast is the best around. It's better get his Danko school on telephone free. I'm so glad I like to sometimes. Jimmy in from Fox Town. Stop playing. Hang down. Down. What? What did you just say to me? You don't want to listen to the Danko Jones podcast. Well, fuck you, my man. You want me to take my fist and shove it up your ass? Because I will. Don't you dare say that shit about Danko Jones. Man, his podcast is the best in the whole world. Did you hear me? The best podcast in the whole fucking world. Listen to the Danko Jones podcast. Listen to the Danko Jones podcast if you have nothing, nothing. 
man good to hear your voice it's been a while one of the reasons that prompted me to to reach out to you was the release of the new danzig album skeletons yes and it's a cover album the cover itself is is uh, mimicking the david bowie uh, pinups covers album that bowie put out and he has i think it's it's also kind of reminiscent of walk among us as well yeah, color-wise, you know. Yeah, color-wise, yeah. And it's got Caden Cross on the cover. And it's it's. A, I thought when I first saw it online, when they posted the, the cover, I was like, let's go. We're, it's on now. Let's go. Yeah. Um, and since then, it's been released. And you and I have been emailing back and forth with each other about it. And we've both given it many spins. And um, so because it was the reason for reaching out to you in the first place to get you on the podcast for the first of soon to be many times. Oh, I hope so. Absolutely. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, what is your overall impression of the album? Uh, oh, my God. Uh, it's been probably it was like the album that I was looking forward to the most. Yeah. In 2015. Absolutely. And I can't say that it lived up to my expectations, especially in the way that Danzig has been talking about it in interviews. And he's like, yeah, I've been working on this for years. I wanted to do it, you know, for a long time. And I had all those like great songs. And all of a sudden you start to think about like, yeah, you know, uh, Maybe it will be like those Johnny Cash records, you know, that Rick Rubin did, the American. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, right. You, you get like associations like that, and 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 Danzig's voice could work so well in so many styles of music, and it has in the past. Yeah. And what I got in my hand was a, a good idea, but it didn't feel finished. Uh, if, if you know what I mean, it just like production wise, it needed so much more. Like some of the like songs that he picked for um, the album are, are so good, but and great ideas, but they're not executed as well as I believe that he can do it. When they released the track listing of the covers, yeah. one could easily go on YouTube and listen to the originals um, and then anticipate the, the album even more. And you're right. Danzig's selections for the song track listing are yeah. impeccable. I mean, they're exactly what you'd want him to do. Uh, he, he throws in an Elvis song. He, he, 
He remakes um, a ZZ Top song, which was probably for me the most surprising. He does an Everly Brothers song, yeah. and and you're like you walk away going, yeah, this is okay. Bring it on. I I can hear it in my head already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the same thing for me when I read that he was gonna do Action Woman by The Litter, which is like this awesome sort of garage punk mm-hmm. nugget classic right and when i read that i could hear him sing you're gonna find me an action woman you know like wow you know that's gonna be great <laughs> right and the, yeah yeah i think um the track itself action woman is probably the raunchiest like most rawest of all the tracks to me mm-hmm. but i i mean I, I could hear it in my head. I could hear what he wanted to do with Rough Boy. Uh, I could hear what he wanted to do with um, Satan and uh, Devil's Angels. I could hear what he wanted to do. However, yeah. like I am in agreement with you, some of the production just – I wish it was stripped down a little more. And that's not uh, a criticism of um, – the players on the album, I think it was was it Tommy and Johnny Kelly, Tommy Victor, Johnny Kelly were yeah, were on the album, so. and those guys are in, stellar perf- players. I mean, just listen to those prong records, and Tommy Victor slays on guitar. I mean, I I just wish it was it stripped down a little more, like take away a couple of the layered guitars and just keep it very simple. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or um, I totally agree on that. And he could have experimented a bit more with musical styles, like he, he's doing with uh, "Crying in the Rain," or is that the name of the song, the last one? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That sort of when I heard that song, I was like, "Yeah, this is where you should have started. This should have been the attitude towards going into the record and not being afraid of sort of." you know, experimenting and, and I mean, the players are great, but you could have perhaps added in even more people to give it like a bit more diversity. Yeah. And it's funny, you mentioned crying in the rain. I actually, that song to me did what I wish the whole album did, which is best the original. If you can believe that Danzig and I think you and I can believe it, we believe in him. He yes, can, we- he can best the originals and anything he does. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think he bested "Crying in the Rain" because after listening to Danzig's version, I went back. I listened to the Everly Brothers, and I'm like, no, I got Glenn's voice in my head now. It's over. I, yeah. I love this song, you know. Um, and I wish, and I, and I felt that too for some of the other songs. He could have, he could have bested the originals. Um, it's. I, I'm always gonna. I'm always I'm team Glenn Danzig. I love everything he does no matter what he does. So I'm all I'm going to give this Skeletons album a favorable review. It's a thumbs up for me. But like you said, I wish yeah, I wish there was uh more adherence on production. Yeah. And and I'm you know, I'll give him a follow up a follow up too if he would like to do that. You know, like I'm going to release an <laughs> Okay. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, if I go through the tracks a little bit, Devil's Angels, the the opening track, and it's like this. Like if you listen to the original 
uh, version by Davy Allen and the Arrows, yeah. I believe. Yeah. yeah. It's like a, you know, upbeat and fast for its time in a way. It's from 67. Uh, it's very Tarantino. <laughs> you what I guess, yeah. I guess you could say that now in 2016 because he's kind yeah. of taken it for himself. <laughs> Yeah, a bit of revisionism thrown in there, and yeah, it's a Tarantino song. Uh, and it's a great cover ID for dancing. Like, if, if that would have been played, like, or produced, like, played maybe, like, the same way, but produced a bit differently, mm-hmm. it could have fit on, like, Walk Among Us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I, yeah, I agree. There's a couple and, of songs that, that harken back to a Misfits era. Yeah. Um. And and Danzig, you know, another reason why I was very um, um, very excited about this release was because he's done covers in the past, like he's done Buick McCain, Cat yeah. People by Bowie, um, oh, Trouble by Presley. So he's he's done it before. This isn't something brand new for Danzig fans. No, no, not at all. And he's, you know. He he's a music fan, and he's he 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 comes from being like a musical archaeologist, mm. like Viola, or you know, you yeah. want to find out like where the roots of all this wonderful noise that you're listening to is coming from. Like it's so obvious that Elvis Presley is is there, you know, in his in his singing and in his music, and Jim Morrison is there, and Roy Orbison, and you know, his his his, his you know. He's got all that inspiration going for him that it could take to to different levels musically, and uh, I think there's so much potential in him doing covers, and I think that's also why you know I was anticipating this record and and looking forward. I was so excited for this record, and it didn't really. I like the idea, but not the execution of it. It didn't really, really uh, live up to what I, my expectations, I guess. But uh, yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, now you came up with a great idea while we were emailing back and forth to come yeah. up with a list of songs uh, that would have made uh, the cover a cover album, or maybe the next cover album. By Danzig, yeah. <laughs> I I I I have you, a list. I, I have a list. Me too. Yeah, I was uh, thinking about this last night, uh, and I came up with a few songs for like maybe like the Danzig cover album we wanted to hear. <laughs> and it's gonna it's going to be you know it's no bullshit this time. It's gonna be produced by Rick Rubin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, recorded at. Uh, uh, where are we going to record this record? Where do you think? Uh, Sunset Sound or Sound City or? <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I um, you some pick. big ass studio somewhere in LA. We like the best. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna be you know we have all the technical uh, advantages of that, and we got Rick telling you know. Glenn, how the songs should sound and <laughs> sing and all that. So, you know, we 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 got like a blueprint of the Johnny Cash American series, but it's gonna be dancing. Ah, okay, I see where you're going with that. <laughs> yeah, 
You know, as a side note, I I actually recorded in that studio that Danzig uses out in L.A. with his engineer who engineered uh-huh. skeletons, Chris Rakestraw. All right. And I used the mic. I asked Chris. I'm like, is this the one that Glenn uses? And he's like, yeah, that's the one that Glenn. Oh, yeah. I took photos of it. <laughs> well, there's still blood on it. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so there's a mic that exists with Glenn and, and my DNA on it. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, okay, so what is your list? What's that list? What's that album track listing? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Here's my uh, dancing cover album. I don't know if this is the correct track list yet because we haven't really recorded the album. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, song one starts out with Love Song by The Damned. Okay. You... Here's a love song, you know, that classic punk classic song. Mm And uh, then we got um, I Walked with a Zombie by Rocky Erickson. Oh, okay. Yeah, these are good picks. I kind of, I had a feeling you were going to pick a band like The Damned. Yeah, Yeah. they're a damned good band. And uh, (laughs) I got... But he's he would do that because you know I now it's come to me he's done a Germs cover before too. Oh, he did. Yeah, he did it on the Lost Tracks did... of Danzig. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, the Damned is. I mean, when he uh, when he started Sam Hain, I can hear a lot of like late Damned in that band. Mm-hmm. In, in what they're doing. Uh, uh, and I think, I actually think that he wrote that song, Archangel, to Dave Banian in The Damned. Really? Like, yeah. That he was presenting it to him and like, Here, here's a song, you know, but for some reason they didn't pick that one up and he recorded it with Sam Hain. And that's, I mean, that's what I've heard. I don't know if it's true, right. but that's the word on the street. <laughs> and I think that I Walked with a Zombie by Rocky Erickson and the Aliens would be a great one for dancing to do. And then we got Search and Destroy by Iggy and the Stooges. Mm-hmm. That's, I, could, uh, I could hear that too. I can hear that in my head. I don't know why, but I, I could hear him do that. Next song is Planet Caravan by Black Sabbath. Ah, uh, okay. And we do that like in that sort of same sort of ambient mood you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with his but maybe his voice like without that weird organ effect on top okay yeah um then i have action woman by the litter but it's better this time oh okay all right <laughs> it's gonna be there <laughs> uh and here's uh God of Thunder by Kiss. <laughs> okay. That's a great track. That's a that's an interesting and, and good pick. He, yeah. Yeah, he could make something super dark of that song. Like, you know, making something... I think Entomb did a cover of that one. Yeah, back. I think you're right, yeah. And yeah, did, and make something like that, make it more, like, scary and not as cartoonish, you know? And here comes the ballad. Mystery Girl by Roy Orbison. That's a good one too. 
That's a good one as well. I was I was gonna pick a Roy Orbison track too. Yeah, he wrote one song for Roy. Yes, yes, on the um, yeah. Less Than Life, Zero. Yeah, Life Fades Away mm-hmm. is the name of the song, and it's really good. It's amazing. And thinking about like you know just trading places with singers and <laughs> and I think that could work. I I you know I think oh is that it is that the list? No, I got oh more songs okay sorry yep i got um red right hand by nick cave and the bad seeds uh, okay i think that could work yeah yeah uh yeah okay and i, I think we're on the same wavelength here <laughs> okay you got some nick cave coming on <laughs> <laughs> and the last track will be strict nine by the sonics Okay, all right. <laughs> For some reason, I can hear him singing that one too. Yeah, some folks like water, you know. Like, <laughs> so there's, yeah, so there's, um, I think his, I think his, his voice bends to those, you know, search and destroy, like the Stooges and the Sonics, yeah. whether people can hear it or not. Yeah. Um, I really think your list is valid to for for Glenn. You should send it in. This is, <laughs> this is I mean, no, it's a great list. Well chosen, well picked, and reflective of of what he's already put out and what he, you know he'd be interested in. I, yeah, I, I don't know, or just songs that I by bands that I like, songs that I like that I think that he he could match or even do better than top the original you know <laughs> that's a great list man i think it's it's way way well more thought out than mine i think uh, uh i could hear his voice on a lot of those songs um i would have i i think a big oversight on my list out of all your picks now that i hear it is uh <laughs> Your list. Come the, on. <laughs> the the Rocky Erickson pick. I should have picked a Rocky Erickson song. That's uh that's a good one. Okay. All right, we can agree on that one. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I agree with all you your picks. Include, I, I, include my song in on your list if you want to do that. <laughs> okay, well, my list would be um I so that was the sequence. I don't know if that's the sequence. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I need to hear the recorded versions. <laughs> this is just songs that popped up in my head when I was thinking about this. Yeah. And that was like two days ago or whatever, and I yeah. didn't give that much thought, but a little bit. Well, I would say, okay, so I picked a Sabbath song too. Okay. Uh, Children of the Grave. Ooh. I thought he could do something like that, inspired by the NIB cover, as, uh-huh. I, as I assume you were as well. Yeah, I'm inspired by Sabbath in general, you know. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm on their team as well, you know. Um, then I picked Sick Things by Alice Cooper. Okay. Uh, off Billion Dollar Babies. It's an okay. interesting oddball track, and I think he could really kind of make it even more evil than it already is. Uh-huh. Um, something to take into consideration for myself was the tone of the songs, the name of the song title. 
the song title itself. Yeah, yeah you know, right. it's, that's all to do with you know how he approaches. I think his his songs and his covers. Um, I can. He's a very like pop art kind of guy. Yeah, you know. You know yeah. Um, then then um, bad girl by the New York Dolls. Oh I, yeah, yeah. I thought I thought could be like a kind of a raunchy. Kind of, I think maybe what you you know, like with uh, Action Woman and your your um, Detroit picks, you know, something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Um, Black Star by Elvis Presley. Um, okay, like I'm, I'm not that much of a Elvis guy, so I don't know the song. <laughs> well, it's like El- Elvis you- did like a zillion albums, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in terms of lyrical, you know, Black Star is, it's you know, it's a song about, you know, I guess I don't have the lyrics in front of me, but it is about evil spirits and evil, and you know, oh, yeah. I, I think Danzig could do a good, a good twist on it. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, he's. He, he he's he's evil Elvis, you know. That's <laughs> that's his name. <laughs> so yeah, it makes all the sense in the world. And then um, I'm interested to hear your take on this "Strange Love" by Depeche Mode. Mode. Oh my God, I was I was thinking about potential uh, potential Depeche Mode songs for this list. Yeah, because there's a lot of like, I mean. Around that era, like music for the masses, uh, Violator, and uh, songs of faith and devotion, those albums are really dark. Dark, yeah. You, get, you know, and and I love them. You know, they're so. I, I actually like the Pesh Mode the best when they had long hair and did heroin. It's like <laughs> my, my favorite era of the band, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, strange love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he could wear, you know, for that song, he could wear that like leather sadomasochist mask <laughs> that is or like, you know, the Sam Hain shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. Good um, one. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And then um then after the Depeche Mode track, I I started to think really outside of the box. And then I picked a Palace Brothers song, uh You Will Miss Me When I Burn. I haven't heard that one either. Yeah, okay. I, I can't remember what track it's, what album it's off of, but it's the album where it's like a blurred photo on the cover, uh, and it's like a brown gold blurred f- photo. It's a okay. It's an odd cover to have, but I guess the aesthetic <laughs> was to you know not not make yourself known. <laughs> okay, back in the nineties indie rock, and then another one would be uh, "Wild Love" by Smog. Another oh. indie rock song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he could do something really cool with that one. Then I came to Nick Cave, Your Funeral, My Trial. Oh. And I thought, again, a dark, eerie song, Your Funeral, My Trial. He could probably do something with that. Yeah, he could do that whole album. Yeah. You know, redo it. <laughs> yeah. It would work for him. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think he could make uh, Nick Cave palatable for, for a lot of the rock audience that he has, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, then uh, Turbo Negro, Sell Your Body to the Night. <laughs> Everybody! <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Perfect, yeah. <laughs> um, 
And then, and then I end with uh, Tombstone by Peaches off uh, her album Father Fucker. I thought it was that super out of the box. You know, you know, you can argue it, maybe not so much, but I, I thought, ah, you know, he could, he if he slows it down mm-hmm. and makes some more of a drawl out of it, he could do a Peaches song. Yeah, I love Peaches. You know, it. I I, I can totally see where you're going like how like you know as 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 you're saying it's sort of like out of the box and a bit far-fetched yeah but he could sort of like you know there's so such like both dancing and peachers are such strong individual characters so in that way it could work <laughs> because they're so recognizable and, you know, her style is so recognizable and he's so recognizable. So, yeah, he could do something very interesting with a picture song. Uh, I love I, I love the uh, idea of it in my head, you know. So those are my those are my picks. I don't know if there's a sequence to it, uh-huh. but uh, I I, uh, I really love your picks. I, oh. I, I think they were right on the money. <laughs> and Thank you. I think if you actually submit that to him, he wouldn't laugh at it. He wouldn't laugh it off or scoff at it. He would probably consider it. Wow. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. <laughs> let's uh, uh, let's you call your people. I call my people, and you know, <laughs> how we can make this happen <laughs> in some way. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but maybe it's a double album coming up. Yeah. Your songs and my songs and. Uh, more skeletons or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would be wow. it would be you and me on the cover. I'll be I'll be the I'll have my head on your shoulder. <laughs> oh yeah 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 okay. And I, I'll have that that ghoulish yeah thing going on and you know try to gain a little you know look a bit more dancingish buff up. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about something that um, Danzig put out last year that in large part, from my observation, went really under the radar. Um, Something that I thought would have led every single hard rock music bulletin, bulletin board. It just, it was almost a, a, a footnote in the news. And that was the Danzig legacy special that a, apparently was recorded a few years back yeah but was released last year as a kind of a streaming uh package or something you you spend uh 10 bucks or something and you can watch it online um and it was by mark brooks who did uh metapocalypse whatever that however you say that cartoon (laughs) metal apocalypse and uh it was uh, based on the Elvis Presley 68 comeback special, but done uh, with with Glenn Danzig's aesthetic draped all over it. And I thought it was incredibly well done. It's something that I've even thought that Danzig should do in my head um, years ago. I loved it. Have you seen it? And if you have, what are your thoughts? I've seen parts of it. Uh, and... 
I have to say that it's it's really 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 cool. Like I I've heard about it before it was even released because you know I'm a friend of London May, um, the Sam Hain bass player, ex drummer, as you also know. Yeah, he's London's <laughs> he's the, the man. Good guy. Yeah, he he's the man. He's such a good guy. Yeah, and I think like two and a half years ago, he talked about this project for the first time like with me and that then it must have been i don't know if it was recorded and shot already at that point but the exact plot was there yeah we're gonna base it on the the return of elvis and it's gonna be intimate and it's gonna be a little sort of stripped down misfit set and all that and and he was like you will never ever get this close to dancing again like this is as like as intimate as it gets with that guy, and you know I I was stoked and when I'm all the stuff that I've seen is awesome, it's really good. Um, I absolutely loved it. I yeah. have watched it. Uh, I've watched the whole thing. I loved when um, Doyle came and they they played on the red carpet with like. Yeah. You know, stripped down, unplugged almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he came back on stage and all this stuff, and it was just it, like you said, or, or like London said, it's probably the the closest you could probably get to Danzig at this point, or or the closest he'll let you get to him. And I'm I'm all for it. Like, give it to me. And and he's been sort of, I don't know. Danzig is one of those guys that you know he he's not like that much out there in public if you know what I mean like they you know you won't see uh, him doing a reality show or something like that you know he's he's very protective of his image and his art and I respect that a lot but I've missed uh, that that connection that you can you know Mm. to his catalog that he he shows in that um dancing legacy uh streaming thing like I, I missed something like that so it was very very welcomed in my world <laughs> yeah and I, and i love how he doesn't overlook his entire um discography like his entire history he'll go back to stuff that's you know 30 years old and play it yeah. like you know and it's it's just so great to hear him embrace that. A lot of people don't do that. They they only stick with the new stuff and and other people yeah. only only play the nostalgia of their of their early years, which also s- sucks because sometimes the new stuff's good and you want to hear that too. So he plays like Skin Carver along with like, you know, American Nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, I've been wondering why that is, you know. Sometimes I think that the misfits have gone to be something that's, with no disrespect to dancing, but like way bigger than the man himself. And I'm not only talking about the music, but about the image and about the, you know, Mm. the T-shirts and and the tattoos. And it's sort of taken on like a life of its own yeah like when when i got into the misfits early 90s 
mainly because, you know, Metallica was wearing misfit shirts and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, you get in that way. And it was something really, really, really obscure and music that was like hard to get. And like now, uh, 20 odd years later, it's one of the most recognizable logos in the Western world. Yeah. And, and that change, it, it, I mean, Danzig must have reacted some, uh, somehow to that. I mean, I, I bet he thinks it's great, but like, how is he gonna like take it back for himself? I, I, I would not be surprised if he has been like thinking about that and, you know, how am I going to present the misfits? There's a misfits band out there already that I'm not a part of. And, you know, and I'm, I'm so happy did it, did it in, in this way, you know, so intimate and so stripped down and, and, and you can tell by looking at them playing that they're having fun, you know, they're giving it like funny looks, (laughs) you know, and that it could sort of, embrace it that way that that is really cool you know um it reminds me of a time when we played a festival in america and danzig was headlining and it was yeah. in uh, columbus ohio and it was rock on the range i believe and and i ran into tommy victor who's a great guy great guy and uh we were talking and he goes you want to meet glenn i'll bring you on the bus you want to you want to say hi to him and I turned him down. I said, no, I don't want to meet Glenn Danzig. And he looked at me like, what is your problem? <laughs> you know, and, and for me at the time, I looked at Glenn Danzig like, like, a, like, a, uh, like a supernatural being, <laughs> you know? Yeah. This, I, I this guy who, who, uh, who lives in the shadows and in a castle and – and he'll come down and give us this incredible, dark, evil music. And I didn't want to change my view of that. And so um, <laughs> I turned him down. But then, you know, watching the Danzig Legacy Special and just the rapport he had with the guys in the band, it's like, he's just another dude in a band. You know? Yeah. And now I'm starting to kind of regret my decision of not meeting him when I was given the opportunity. I've since met him through London, uh, thankfully, um, all thanks to London. Um, and he was cool to me. Glenn was cool, but it was that first, uh, the first offer where I turned it down, um, just because I have so much (laughs) high regard for him. I just, I was like, Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm not worthy to, to meet the man right now. (laughs) I can see what you mean. And I think that a lot it's not really him that has created that sort no. of image for himself. It's people around him and fans that has sort of like, you know, when he walks into a room, it's like, you know, Dracula walking into yeah. the room. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. But I, I met him too. Yes. And he was super nice. Yeah. Like we, he, you know, we had a half an hour conversation about, you know, London May and about Rick Rubin and about like, you know, music and he was cracking jokes and he was, you know, super friendly. And, you know, when I told him like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a friend of London May, he, he got me this backstage <laughs> pass. And it was like, 
he just smiled and said, yeah, you remind me of that guy and started laughing. And I was like, yeah, he's, you know, if you, I, I, if you present like an honest attitude and just, you know, treat him like a person, it will be the same thing. Same thing will come back to you, I guess. That was the way I experienced my, my dancing experience. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked that I, got to meet him and it wasn't a a disappointment yeah that you're meeting him and you telling me and then i remember right after you met him when was that two three years ago yeah you sent me the photo you took with him yeah and that is when i said to myself god damn i should have met him (laughs) okay i I can be a source of inspiration (laughs) that feels really cool it, that, it was just like such an odd occasion too because it was – dancing played a show in Oslo and London May, he, he got me like, you know, he as a present, he sent me like, I'm getting you a guest list for the show. Dancing is coming to town. You should see it. And I went there and when I, I got my guest list uh, ticket – they also gave me, or oh, here's an after party ticket for you. I was like, after Jesus. party? What? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and then I went to see the show. It was great. He was doing the dancing uh, legacy thing, yeah. uh, or the anniversary tour. And then he did the misfit set with Doyle, and it was awesome. And when it was over, like people started to go out of the venue, and I still had that sort of after party sticker and i was should i you know i'm kind of here alone i don't have any friends to go with i was like oh my god and i could see how the road crew were handing out um those after party stickers to um let's say a bunch like 15 to 20 norwegian heavy metal chicks wearing like <laughs> fishnets and, and leather skirts and big hair and, and you know, all that, you know, looking like Vampira, you know, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and I was seeing them sort of lining up and I was like, okay, I got to do this. Whatever happens. I need to go. <laughs> so I was sort of like, I was the only guy <laughs> we were taken upstairs to this backstage room where the band wasn't like sort of a loungy thing. And uh, and I was like the only only man, the only boy, hanging out with like fifteen girls. So it was kind of like the Joker in the pack. And I they they brought in some champagne and stuff. And I started to like serve everybody and like cracking jokes and like sort of <laughs> doing amazing. that thing. And then you know the band came in, dancing came in, and everybody did their selfies and the whole thing. And I was like the last person to walk up to him. And I was like, eh, you're probably wondering what I'm doing here, but <laughs> I'm a friend of London May. <laughs> and then he just started laughing. Yeah, of course. you know. <laughs> and it took on from there and it was great. Oh man, that's such a great story. <laughs> uh, it's, it's great that you met him that way as well. Cause I think, yeah, you, you seemed literally the odd man out. And so yeah. I think he gravitated towards that. Yeah, and also when you have – like both you and me are, are, are good friends with London May and you can say that. You can talk about someone that you – you know when you have friends in common, 
it's always an icebreaker in a way Mm -hmm. more so than oh i'm such a big fan and you know this is my misfits tattoo that i got and you know all that (laughs) and i i mean that's probably flattering too but like when you have stuff to actually talk about then you know you can engage in conversation not as i would never say that i'm a peer to to dancing i would never even consider that but you at least have something to talk about and i think that's uh sort of disarming the situation and and of course that i was like the only guy (laughs) girls hanging out drinking champagne all right (laughs) well you know if 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 there ever came a time the opportunity presented itself where i could meet glenn danzig again i will definitely lead with london may and then i'll throw your name in there too Yeah, if he remembers me, I don't know. <laughs> but that photo, the photo was amazing because uh, you guys just looked so fucking evil. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I was. That's what I th- I said. I was like, wow, I didn't know Inge could look so evil in this photo, and it looked so. I hope you have that photo framed because that's the kind of photo I want to take with with glenn when i meet him or if i ever do <laughs> you will you will just stick around <laughs> well cool man uh thanks a lot for uh for coming on the podcast and uh talking shop talking about glenn our our mutual love of everything glenn danzig oh um, yeah and uh i mean i i look forward to the next studio album by by him and anything that man touches Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I've been a fan since I was 14, and it's especially you know the Misfits is a band that like they're as good now as they were back then. And listening to them now, um, because if if you compare them to a lot of their peers, I guess you can say they were a part of the like American hardcore scene, but sort of like an outcast band in a way. Yeah. I think listening to their records, they stood sonically the test of time way better than black flag, for instance, you know, they're, I mean, their albums are great, but they don't sound as, even though they're not like well produced, the, the productions are very effective with the misfits and like the vocals are cranked and the snare is loud and all that, you know, that that still works. You can listen to it now, and it you know it, it it it's so good still. And it's not all bands you can say that about from that era, but the Misfits will forever hold up, and Sam Hain and Danzig too. Um, you know, it's it's uh it's always gonna be there. It f- follows me around the world. You know, when I travel and tour, I always carry on. You know, carry my. Misfits and Sam Hain and, and and Danzig Records digitally, but still. <laughs> Same here, man. I, I don't leave home without it. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks, Inge. Thanks a lot, man. This is great. And a first of hopefully many more podcasts. Yeah, if you can stand my Swedish accent, you know, I'll, I'm happy to be back. <laughs> I can't even hear it. It's great. Okay. Are you in Are you in Sweden or are you in uh, America? 
I'm in Sweden right now. I'm uh, hanging out in a little town called Kungsbacka outside of Gothenburg. Ah, okay. And it's it's so good to, you know, be talking about Sam Hain and, and, and dancing in, you know, Gothenburg. It's like a goth city. <laughs> right. <laughs> you should come here and record something. I don't know. <laughs> it's in the name. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where I'm at, at right now. And I'm, I'm going back to the U.S. soon to finish up some recordings. With Against uh, Me. Yes. And how's that coming along? Um, we're finishing up a new record right now. We got um, – it's going to come out this year. I don't know the exact date yet, but it's – I'm super stoked about it. And I think I think it's going to be great. I know it's going to be great. Uh, but um, I can't tell you anymore <laughs> at this moment. All right. We'll just let everyone guess and uh... – yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure it'll be amazing. Yeah, I'm. I'm going back to the U.S. very soon to to be a part of finishing uh, the record. We did one session, a couple of sessions in uh, during uh, winter, and now we're gonna finish everything up. And it's yeah, I'm. I'm stoked. <laughs> That's all I can say for now. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Thanks yeah. a lot, Inge. Thanks a lot for coming down and coming on to the podcast. And the next time Glenn Danzig makes any move, you got to come back on and we got to talk about it. I'm, I would be very happy to do so. <laughs> Thanks, man. Always good talking to you, old friend. It's Absolutely. Great. Yeah. Things are mutual. <laughs> oh, where my broken heart is hurt.